Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. I would ask you, if you would, turn to Genesis, the 32nd chapter, just picking a couple of verses out of it, and we'll go back and do the backdrop. But Genesis, 32nd chapter, verses 24 through 27, Galatians 6 and 9, and also Psalms 30 and 5. In the book of Genesis, known as the book of beginnings, uh, Moses is the writer from the theologians tell me and he's writing something here that I want us to pay close attention to on today Genesis 32 verses 24 and 27 and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day and when he saw that he prevailed not against him he touched the hollow of his thigh And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Also in the book of Psalms, very perhaps familiar portion of scripture to the saints those that have dealt with tragedy and gone through some stuff. And I'm quite sure this scripture popped in your mind or in your heart and gave you some great consolation at the time. It says, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Galatians 6 and 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, everybody say due season, (laughs) ye shall reap if you faint not. Eternal God, once again, we, the people of God, your children, we are in need to hear from you. We need a word from you, Lord, because if we don't hear a word from you, we just don't know what we'll do. We ask you, Lord, right now, God, that you would touch Lord, your servant, God, because, Lord, I need you this morning. I need you right now, God, to anoint me, to appoint me, Lord, for a message that will bring clarity, Lord, to the struggle, to the battle, to the fight that the children of God are in. And, Lord, when clarity is given and understanding is grasped, we'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise as once again, Lord, thine anointing, Lord, it destroys every yoke and fetter. The chains will begin to drop off, and your servant will humbly submit. It was just Jesus, I tell you. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would, Galatians 6 and 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, 
for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to minister to you from the thought, first the battle, then the breakthrough. T turn to that neighbor next to you and say, breakthrough! <laughs> Hallelujah. I need a breakthrough. Mm, glory be to God. I, I wish I had just a few minutes of praisers. I mean, where some praisers could remember where you were. When you received that breakthrough, where you, what you were doing, when that breakthrough occurred. There are two words, again, that stick out in the thought. First, the battle, then the breakthrough. After looking at the definition of breakthrough and battle, it makes me understand why these two words are very significant to what we need to look at in our personal experience. You see, first the battle, then the breakthrough. Don't get it twisted. I mean, God wants to do some good stuff in your life, but it requires you to go through your go through. I'm simply saying it's your battle. You can't expect to have the breakthrough without the battle. So what is a battle? The definition of battle is to engage in a fight or a struggle tenaciously to achieve or resist something. Anybody going through a battle right now? There's some stuff you're battling with. I, I know I can move right next door to somebody. Right now you're going through a battle in your mind. The devil is telling you you're about to lose your mind. But I'm here to tell somebody. First the battle. Then, the breakthrough, battle. And that other word that is of great significance is breakthrough. Thinking of it as warfare. How many of you know when you came over into the army of the Lord, you immediately began to be in warfare? Spiritual battle, if you please. So let's just think of a, a breakthrough as warfare. It's an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond a defense's line. It's an act or an instant of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Somebody shout, I need a breakthrough. As we travel on our Christian journey, we find it to be filled with life's ups and downs. And there are also those who refer to our Christian journey as being in the army of the Lord. And with that in mind, it calls us to do battle with the enemy of our soul. And I'm here to declare right now, I'm here to declare unto you, 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 and especially you, don't you quit. Never, never give up when you are, how can I put this? When you persevere, if you please, when you persevere through the battle. It's a strong indication that your breakthrough is on the horizon. We're continually moving from strength to strength, from victory to victory, from glory to glory. However, between the mountaintops of victory, there's some valleys of the shadow of death. In between the victories, there's struggles. Anybody can relate to being in a struggle? And between the breakthroughs, there are battles. 
And most of the time, the devil, he knows how close we are. Yes, he does. He knows how close we are to stepping in to the breakthrough. So he's doing everything he can to try to stop you and block you. The devil knows probably more about our strengths than we do. Hmm, go figure that. The devil knows more about what God wants to do for his people than God's people know. Now, that's a sad commentary, but it's true. He's read the book, the devil, and he knows in the book we win, hallelujah, we win. But some of us, we sit down like, oh, nobody knows. I, I submit to you, I, he, he probably does know more. And before every new breakthrough, there's a higher or harder battle than ever fought. You see, there's some battles we can point to back in the day when we were, you know, just coming in the Lord. That battle compared to now was nothing. As my old uh, prayer partner, the senior deacon of this church used to always say, Elder Haynes, you just going through kindergarten. <laughs> I tell you, I used to say, come on, Dickie, you don't know what I'm going. Elder Haynes, you just going through kindergarten. I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to say it again, because I need somebody to get this. I need somebody to internalize this in their spirit. And before every new breakthrough, there's a harder battle than ever before. Every new level presents a new devil. Uh-huh, you know it. And right at the point of breakthrough, there's a battle to be fought. And it's the job of the enemy of our soul to get us Turn back, turn around when the struggle gets hot and heavy. It's the job of the enemy to, to get us to surrender during the weeping of the night. So he knows very well in the morning we're going to experience joy like nobody's business. It's the job of the enemy to get us to surrender during the battle so that we'll never experience the breakthrough. But, but I'm telling you this morning, I'm telling you right here in New Life Ministry, it may look like things are breaking up, but actually you're breaking through. I said it may look like things are breaking up, tearing apart, but you're about to experience your breakthrough. It may look like we're going to die in the struggle. But we're getting ready to step over walls that have been broken down into our breakthrough. It may even look like we're going to perish in the night. Swept away on a river of tears. But just hold on, my brother. Just hold on, my sister. Guests and visitors. The morning is on the way. You see, weeping may endure for a night. I, I, he never said you wasn't going to have your nighttime, baby. He never said it wasn't going to be a night where your pillow will be all soaking wet because you cried a river of tears. All the stuff you've been through. He says, weeping may endure. I, I can't, it, it has an expiration date, Minister Prescott. Uh, but I'm telling you, it may. Yeah, I mean, your situation is different from mine. Weeping may endure for a night. You're guaranteed that. I don't know the expiration date, but one thing I can say, but 
Thank God for but. But is a conjunction. Let's please, sir, ma'am, find out the function. But puts us in a position where we understand I'm dealing with a battle. But at the end of the battle, I've got a breakthrough. Woo, glory be to God. Joy is coming in the morning. Galatians 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. My Lord, I wish that I had a dollar. If I had a dollar, boy, I'd be a millionaire right now in this situation. I wish I had a dollar for every saint of God that was right there, right there at the doorstep of breakthrough. There, there was a barrier there, but they were there. And they couldn't see because of the barrier. But I wish I had a dollar for every one of them that I said, wait a minute. Don't give up now. Don't quit. Don't turn around. Don't give in. Don't give up. If I had a dollar for every one of them, you'd be looking at the next millionaire in Aiken. And we got a lot of them in Aiken, South Carolina. That, sir, that, ma'am, is how you know that your due season is right around the corner. Is right over the horizon. Because he says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. I know you say, Pastor, I keep on trying to, to love them, and, and they keep on dogging me out. I keep on trying to be submissive, and they can't. Let us not be weary in well-doing. So I, I just got to give you back what the word said. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. See, he counts the seasons. Uh, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall. In spirituality, you've got some seasons that you, you've got to deal with. And when that season is there, you know, here I come. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to jump into my due season. In my due season, I got some stuff coming my way. But if you're faint, don't forget, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, ye shall reap. Watch this. Wait for it. There's a pause and a clause. If. Oh, that two-letter word is powerful. I if. If you faint not. See, that's what I'm saying. If I had a dollar for everyone was about to faint and you just stood your ground and didn't go nowhere. Stay. Some of y'all need to get a good dose of stay put. Stay put right in your go-through. Stop trying to call 109 psychic. Can you tell me what the future look like for me? Am I going to hit the lotto? See, that, that, you know, did you ever stop and think about it? If they got so much power, why don't every day they tell you the lucky lotto number? And how you can say, I'm trying to get on your level. I'm trying to make sense of your nonsense. You calling some psychic. You know how they know that it's you? Because you tell them some stuff. Your breakthrough is right there. But you won't stay put. You're always running to higher ground. And let us not be wearied in our well-doing. For in due season, I love this, ye shall reap. <laughs> Somebody need to say, that's like money in the bank. That's guaranteed. I can take that to the teller. And say, I'm sure enough going to get it. Because the word said it. See, maybe y'all don't believe the word like that no more. But every word of God is true. Every word of it. Every word of God is pure. And he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. What you trusting on? Your 1-800 psychic number. Are you trusting and leaning on the Lord? See, I love to lean on him. Because he's rock steady. 
let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't retreat. Don't dig a hole. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Don't do a U-turn. Just keep fighting. This is just the battle before your breakthrough. Yes, you've got your Gethsemane. There's your, your own personal Gethsemane. You know Jesus went through his Gethsemane. There's our own where Jacob wrestled with the angel. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Matter of fact, let me say this. Strength is not born by seeing miracles. It's born in the struggle. Uh, I think that went over somebody here, so let me do it in slow motion. Strength is not born by seeing miracles. It's born in the struggle. We're being made ready to inhabit our promised land. See, God promised me some stuff. I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you read the promises of God, but every one of them are real. Let me give you an account of a man. His name is Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager was the first man to ever break the sound barrier in an aircraft. Anybody ever heard of the sound barrier? But he broke the sound barrier. Planes like the British meteor jets that approached the sound of speed which was 760 miles per hour at sea level to 660 miles per hour at 40,000 feet. Somebody said, that's fast. Man, you know I could get me some places if I, if I travel like this. I'm there. So he, he's in contention to break the sound barrier. He had encountered severe buffing on the controls as he's preparing to break the sound barrier. At that time, no one knew for sure whether an airplane could exceed Mach 1. That's the fastest speed then known at time. And the speed of the sound. He was going so fast, he broke the sound barrier. You couldn't even, when he went through. The United States Army was determined to find out first who could do it. The Army had developed a small bullet-shaped aircraft, the Bell X-1, to challenge the sound barrier. A civilian pilot, Slick Goodland, had taken the Bell X-1 to .7 Mach. Somebody said, that's not quite one. When Jaeger started to fly it, he pushed down. He pushed the small plane up to .8, .85, and then to .9, getting real close to Mach 1. But back off when the plane began to shake uncontrollably. The date was October 14th, 1947. It was set for the attempt to do Mach 1. As he approached Mach 1, that plane began to shake and rattle and be buffeted from side to side, so much so that he was not sure that he would not explode in midair. But on this day, Chuck said, I refuse to turn back now. If I die, I die trying, but I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I've been close before, but no matter what happens today, I'm going to do it. And with that, he shoved the controls forward and headed for the sonic wall. In the account of this momentous event, the record books show in the book called The Right Stuff, the author records this. The X-1 went through the sonic wall without so much as a bump. And as the speed topped out at Mach 1.05, Jaeger had the sensation 
of shooting straight through the sky. The sky turned deep purple, and all at once, he saw the stars. Wow! He saw the stars and the moon. They came out. The sun shined, and the same time, he was simply looking out into space. He was the master of the sky now. He was the king. He was unique above the dome of the world. You see, my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, Chuck Yader achieved a level no one had ever reached simply because he refused to turn around and go back. And I'm telling you, I'm telling each and every one of us here today. I'm telling somebody that would even listen to me today. It may look like you're being shaken and rattled and and tossed to and fro. Don't turn around now. You're on the verge of your new experience that will bring you higher than you've ever been in Christ Jesus. It may seem that all the forces of the devil have come against you to destroy you. Don't you turn back now. Victory is straight ahead. I'm not saying that the the battle won't be tough. Those words never came out of my mouth. You see, but victory is already promised to us. It's promised to you and me. It's promised if we just won't turn back. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. We may be shaken, but we will not be destroyed. We are entering into a realm of anointing like we have never known before. Don't be frightened, my brothers and sisters. Don't be frightened by the shaking. Just push down on the control. Don't look back. You've... You're about to land in a place you've never been before. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just keep pushing a little more. You're on the border of your breakthrough. You see, the battle is always the hardest right before the breakthrough. You don't believe me? Let's go back to our account in Genesis as I'm winding up. Let me backfill. You, many of you... Bible scholars may be aware of the account what transpired prior to this. Jacob is known as the supplanter. He tricked his brother out of his birthright. His mother was privy to what was being done. Matter of fact, she helped him. So now he has to leave because his brother is mad. Years have gone by. Fast forward. Now he wants to come back home and he wants to make it right. That's where we land in chapter 32. The man of God has now come in the form of an angel, and he's talking to Jacob. And Jacob realizes this is the host of God that I'm entertaining right now. And he says now he wants him to go back home and make things right. Some of you saints, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a place called hell in Israel. And let me tell you some of the people that's going to be there, people that have unforgiving spirits. I know you don't want to hear this. I know I, I ruffle a lot of feathers when I talk like this. I know where I'm at. I'm talking about First the battle, then the breakthrough. But you cannot have a breakthrough with unforgiveness in your heart. I'm trying to look at everybody in the face. So nobody's saying I'm single and nobody out. You need to know that there's a lot of company in hell because they refuse to forgive. He's being told, now you need to go make things right. He's okay, okay. I'm just paraphrasing. You go back and you look at it and read the account. He says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to 
send my servant ahead of me. And I, I want you to give him, and he has all of these animals and all of these things that he possesses. He says, now I want you to go, and when my, when my brother asks you, who do these belong to? Who sent you? He asks about three questions, and he says, tell them your servant, Jacob, sends them, and he's behind waiting to see you. He says, okay, it's so many people. He has to break it up in two companies, but he has a strategy. He says, uh, just in case. After my brother sees all of my wealth and sees that I'm ready to make amends, but he's not ready. See, sometimes we can forgive people and those people are not ready to be forgiven. Let me tell you this, and maybe this will help you somewhere in your walk. God's not going to judge you for how they treat you. He's going to judge you for how you treat them. So even though they may not be ready to receive forgiveness, offer it. So Jacob is now ready. He said, but my brother might not be. So I tell you what, I'm going to butter him up real good. Send him all of this stuff. And then when he asked you, just tell him his servant, Jacob, is there waiting. And he's behind. So he, he does that. Then he begins to think, you know what? I'm going to send them in droves. Droves, that's a lot. He has the first drove and he has all of these animals, livestock, family members. And he says, then I, I want you to make a space between the two. So when he sees that one, then he'll see the other one. And when he asks you those questions, you, you tell him the same thing. Your servant Jacob sends them, and he's behind waiting to see you. So later on that night, and this is where we pick up. Let me go right to the book. He's, he's right now in a place where he's already put his plan into action, what he's going to do and, and what he thinks should happen as a result of him Ascending uh, these materialistic items to his brother. Perhaps this will cause my brother to forgive the sin that I have done to him. But this is what the Bible says. But when he sent his men, his men saw him. And they rehearsed just what Jacob said. And they went back and they told Jacob. They said, we told him just what you said. But he said he on his way to see you. And he got 400 with him. 400 coming. 400 strong and deep. Oh, yeah, we're going to look you in the face. We're going to see you, buddy. And the Bible said, now he's afraid. He's afraid of the outcome. What is he going to do? I gave him my best. Then he begins to rehearse something. He said, you know, when I crossed this Jordan, I crossed it with a staff. In other words, it was just me. He said, now I come back home and I've got two companies with me. That's a lie. In other words, he's rich now. He left a poor man, just him and his staff crossing the Jordan. Now he's crossing back the Jordan. He's got two companies with him. He says, that's not seeming to impress him. He says, and Laban also. He says, I, 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 I was there and I labored with Laban and I got all of this stuff. So, so went the presence over before himself and he lodged that night in the company. So he kept one company with him and he arose up that night and he took his two wives his two women servants and his 11 sons and he passed over this brook and the bible says he kept them just in case when his brother saw the first grove of people he slaughtered them he said at least they would have a chance to live but now he's telling them go across the brook and this is the word that i want you to see because don't forget we're talking about first the battle then the breakthrough. But I submit to you, you cannot have a breakthrough without being broken. See, some of you, you are not broken yet. That's why you can't have your breakthrough. You still sitting up in here with your arms crossed like God. No.
no, 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 baby. That's not how it works. You've got to be broken in order to have a breakthrough. I see in this account that Jacob is broken. He's broken to the point he's confessing his some stuff. So he now sends them over. And this is what the Bible says. And Jacob was left alone. He has now nothing. Remember how he said he walked over the Jordan with just his staff. But when he came back across, he had two companies. Well, now God has stripped him to back to nothing. It is something when you're down to nothing. Then you trust in God. Then you depend on God. Then you lean toward God. You're not now leaning to your own understanding, but in all of your ways you're acknowledging him. And now he's directing your path. He is now in a place where he is alone, the Bible says. And it's something about being alone. Now you get to hear God. You get to sense the presence of God. Because you're alone. You have no distractions. No cell phones. No TVs. Nobody in your ear. He's now alone. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you're alone. The wrestling match begins. (laughs) The battle begins. Because now you are alone with God. The Bible says he was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. You see, I submit to you that the breaking of the day is representative of your breakthrough. Watch what happens. At night is black. You can't see anything. But on the horizon, you you can't see it, but the sun is about to surface. Hey, hallelujah. And when it's dark like that, and then the sun comes up, what, what it does, it breaks through. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The sun breaks through the darkness. The sun breaks through the night. And then all of a sudden, you begin to see it shine. And so the Bible says he's wrestling with this man until the breaking of the day. And somewhere in the struggle, somewhere in the battle, he's talking to his adversary. He's talking to the person he's wrestling with. He said, hey, wait a minute. You need to hear this. You need to hear it clearly. I don't care how many joints you break. I don't care how many joints I'm going to be conflicted with. But at the end of this, I won't let go until you bless me. What he's saying is first the battle then the breakthrough i'm a breakthrough i'm a breakthrough the bible said he began to wrestle with him and the bible uses this word and when he saw he prevailed not against him you see that's why you can't quit that's why you can't give in that's why you can't turn around he said when he saw that he could not prevail against him this is the angel that he's wrestling with angel probably said wait a minute I thought this was supposed to be my fight. I thought I was supposed to walk away a victor in this. He said, "Uh uh-uh, no, sir, buddy. I'm not letting go until you bless me. You need to get it in your mind. You, You need to get it in your spirit. I'm holding on to you because in you lies my breakthrough. So he's holding on. And he, uh, the angel said, wait a minute. I know I can't prevail against this joker. He's too strong. And Brother Terry, look what he did. He touched him in the hollow of his thigh. You know why? 
because he said, now that joker going to let me go. I done put some pain on him. <laughs> oh, he don't realize what happened then. That made him even more determined. He's now struggling with him, all conflicted. Oh, no, you ain't going nowhere, buddy. Come back. <laughs> and he did that until the break. Thank you, Jesus. Until the breaking. Watch this. The breaking of the day represents your Talk back to the preacher. See, his breakthrough was so close. It was like, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, he recognized my due season is on the horizon. I know you afflicted me. I, I know you got me to where I'm feeling some pain. But I don't feel so much pain. I'm going to let go of my breakthrough. I won't let go until you bless me. Until you bless me. Is there anybody in the house today? That realizes the battle is always the hardest right before the breakthrough. That's why you're going through so much. That's how come it's been so intense. But don't forget, brokenness equates to breakthrough. Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.